Okay, so we've been trying to get this call started for a few minutes now. And it's like, it reminds me of the shirt that I'm wearing now. And it says, I never want to hold again. It's the Rocket Lab shirt. <laughs> and that's how it goes. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing good. We got a friend here this time. We do have a friend. Who, who else is out there? Let's hear it. Oh, hello. Is that me? That's you. <laughs> You're yeah. the only other one. <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> I'm sorry I delayed you. I, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, we call that the Elon Musk. <laughs> I just show up whenever. Right? Yeah, show up whenever. <laughs> whenever the driver yeah, we're gets gonna, there. <laughs> we're gonna assume it's because you had to take a swing out to landing zone one and just take a look at the boosters before before you showed up, right? That's well. I was actually I was I I was in a conversation with our another favorite space reporter of ours, Emily Speck. So I was, I was hanging out with her tonight. So nice, um, nice. Lost track of time. So sorry. That's about an that. acceptable reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so this is uh Brendan Byrne who's joined us today. Um, we thought, Hey, we've been doing off nominal for a few episodes now. Uh, maybe you guys are tired of just hearing me and Anthony talk. Cause, uh, we have the same old stale ideas month after month and it's just really wearing you down. We thought we'd inject some new blood into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Brendan, before we start, you want to just kind of let everybody know who you are and maybe a plug for your sweet podcast that you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm friends of Jake and Anthony's. Uh, I think that's the only reason I'm here, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, friends with these guys and, uh, I host a a podcast of my own called, are we there yet? Um, it's kind of all right. And, uh, but more importantly, I'm friends with Jake and Anthony. I had a good time with them when they were in town and, uh, yeah, so that's that's me. <laughs> you did make an appearance in reference uh, on the last episode of this when we discussed the way that Jake had to make his entrance to yes. Kennedy Space Center and how you and I, I could just hear. cruise through the line and <laughs> Jake was just you know with the peons out there. So that was pretty good. Like I love, I love, I listened to that episode and I loved how you were like, oh yeah, Brendan knew what he was doing. And we like drove through the gates. Like I had no effing idea what I was doing, Anthony. You <laughs> like, drove with purpose though. We were just cruising and I was like, oh crap, and, and, I was thinking about sitting in this line all day and here we are just <laughs> left lane, baby. Well, that's the number one rule of journalism is like pretend like you belong there and then you get in where you need to go. And we were there, <laughs> what, 30 minutes early? Like we we were there super early. So. Right through the gate, no we problem. Drove with a purpose, drove with a purpose. So Meanwhile, I was like baking in the parking lot of the badging <laughs> office waiting for the the the, the immigrant bus to, to show up i was like i, I made sure that like, like all the spacex people that, that i that i know i'm like i I'm, I'm not friends with this guy i don't know who this guy is like if he's 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 not with me he's not with me <laughs> well i was i was laughing because i you know i mentioned this lot we're gonna rehash the whole show here again, but i was just saying that like i should have just gone with you because i could have just taken that green badge off that says that i wasn't american and like they, they wouldn't check have checked anything they didn't check they wouldn't have. yeah oh. there probably would have been like a there would have been like a manhunt though after after they they boarded <laughs> the bus and they counted and they're like there's someone missing right? <laughs> i do have to say so so uh so jake jake hung out with us uh you, you came a few days early um so jake stayed with me uh, i live in orlando so I'm, I'm a few miles away from cape canaveral uh but jake stayed with me and it was the super bowl 
And uh, so we hung out, watched the Super Bowl together. And then exactly, I'm sure Anthony knows exactly what happened that day. Um, so I'm, I was cleaning out the guest room because I got my mother-in-law coming and I found there's so much Canadian coin just like everywhere. Like on the windowsill, there's like spare, <laughs> like you like empty your pockets, and just threw it in the room. <laughs> did I really do that? I don't remember yes. doing that. I've How many like loons 20, did you count? There's a lot of loons I've got in like that like 35 bedroom. loons. <laughs> Guys, guys, it's loonies. It's loonies. <laughs> I don't remember doing that, but hey, that's a good. It's a good uh, souvenir for you. you I know? thought I'd send it back to you, but it's going to cost like forty bucks. It costs no, a lot yeah. more than it's <laughs> worth. That and my phone charger. I think and I your left phone charger. Time, so. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep it here for you that for the next uh, big launch, Jake. You're you're I, all set. You got spare change and a phone charger at my house. So. <laughs> I think I'm like one for thirty on a trip where I don't forget something. So. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> At least it was the cheap stuff, the coins and the cables. So. Sounds good. <laughs> so the real reason we asked him to come here is because he got to go to a cool event recently. Or cool up for debate, I guess, but we'll let him tell us how cool it was. <laughs> Brendan, you were at National Space Council. Uh, no, I wasn't. Oh, I thought you were there. <laughs> uh, I was going to be there, and then I saw these, the schedule. And, mm, and you were like, nope. They needed, they needed people to be there. Like, like, seriously, if I wanted to record it with my own equipment i had to be there at like three o'clock in the morning oh, oh. man so i was like yeah nope. no and you made a good decision if, then. if you wanted to cover it just cover it you had to be there at like six o'clock in the morning but the Were day you before Canadian or something you had to get in exactly there for, yeah. on a bus <laughs> the day before was the the tests um media availability oh so yeah, I went, yeah that's right did that instead and so there's no way that I can get my editor to say, oh, yeah, you can take a whole day to go watch the spacecraft and then take a whole day to go meet the vice president. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't go. Um, I, I covered it. I, I watched it on NASA TV, which is the same as everybody else would have. Well, it's uh, but better because no, you can do other stuff and be productive while it happens. It, yeah, that was it was not very there wasn't much that came out of that meeting, was there? It was a pretty. So as Pretty much rough. shit yeah. as they everyone gave everybody for like the night before event where there was like some party where you would go and schmooze, like mm-hmm. I don't know why people are under the impression that the schmoozing part isn't the main thing. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of the main idea is that it's your chance to meet the right person and say the right thing and get a yeah. relationship going that leads somewhere interesting. Like I feel like the schmoozing part is the part of the thing that matters and and i think the, sh- the schmoozing part was the story so like if you look at the at the official invitation and saw who hosted the schmoozing party you kind of saw what the whole national space council was all about there i mean the, the, the actual meeting was just prepared remarks and people reading it and um but yeah the, the schmoozing was was the big i tried to get in the schmoozing i tried to get in the schmoozing and uh Anthony, the, the the gentleman that I introduced you to when we were at Falcon Heavy, uh, Dale Ketchum, he tried to get me into the schmoozing too, and uh, so we we could not get into the schmoozing event, because um, that would that would have been fun to be a fly on that wall to see, you know, who's courting who and and what's happening behind the scenes would have been very interesting. That uh, was definitely not a very press friendly <laughs> event. Yeah, the night I think before. they would want to keep that out of the out of the limelight. Yeah. Yeah, I was not. I was not allowed to go there at all. So, <laughs> uh, um, do we want to talk about what we're drinking before we get into it? Oh, I forgot about that whole segment of the yeah. show. 
You're like so excited that Brendan's here. That I know. Like, I just like I love this. This is great, Anthony. Forgot, I totally <laughs> tell forgot. About, tell me about Vice President Pence. I really, You're my number one and only fan. I love it. <laughs> go ahead, Jake. You brought it up. No, no, no. The guest has to go first. Oh, so, okay. Brendan, you got something there? Did you? Did yeah. you have time? Yeah. So I I I went up to the brewery um to meet up with Emily Speck, and and my whole plan was to get a growler of that Falconers, uh, which which you and I had. And uh, totally forgot to do any of that stuff. So I grabbed I grabbed another local beer that I had in my fridge. I've got a Cigar City High Lie. Um, oh, which we got somebody Cigar in the C- chat drinking one of those too. Oh, really? Excellent. Are they from Florida? No, Pennsylvania. No. Oh, excellent. Well, High Lie is a wonderful uh, kind of Florida esque sport um, that they named this beer after. I'm, I'd I'd be. Uh, Oh, you've been to the brewery twice. Excellent, Kurt. Yeah, I've actually never been to the brewery. I've drank a lot of their beers, but I've never been to the brewery. Uh, but highlight is a, a phenomenal sport where you can bet uh, legally in the state of Florida, which is wonderful. And they've got <laughs> really, really cheap beer and really cheap ice cream. Uh, so highlight is a lot of fun to go see. So the beer is, is delicious. Uh, it's a very hoppy, uh, lovely beer. So that, that's what I'm drinking. Did you, so when, it- hold on. We got to talk about actual highlight for a second. Yeah. You went, yeah. To, a, you went to a match? No, there's highlight. There's highlight stadiums like all across Florida, and they're like when highlight season is in season, it's incredible, and it's really cool. So it's like you they, go to the, the Miami one though. I feel like you got to go to one in Miami so that you can see all the non-legal yeah. stuff. <laughs> I've I've been to one uh, not Miami, just just north of Miami in Fort Lauderdale, uh, which is pretty fun. But we have one up here in Maitland. Um, there's also one in Dania Beach. Um, it's it's oh Dania cool. Highlight. I've seen one of those ads exactly. for Dania yeah, Highlight. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I'm going to put a link into the show notes because there's a YouTube video of the Dania highlight ad from like the 90s, and it's awesome. So hmm. check that. Yes, I'm, I, I'm basically my happy voice. <laughs> no, so, not even close. <laughs> not even close, optimistic Mark. <laughs> this is two people who've lived in Florida, and I have to say that if I had not watched the Mad Men show where there's like the, the one episode where the guy tries to sell them highlight, I would have no idea what you were talking about. Just to be clear, like... I don't know anything about it other than I think it's kind of like lacrosse, but a little bit weird. It's, I, I don't it's, know. It's basically like these guys have these giant. Um, oh man, how how would you explain what what the the hand thing is, Anthony? I would say like a banana it's, catcher, like you know, uh, one of yeah. those like a banana shaped yeah. uh, lacrosse is. It's like lacrosse cricket, I would say. Yeah, and then and you basically hmm. let's just wing this wooden ball against a wall. And you get a, it, it's like handball, but with this wooden ball that goes at like 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and then and then people in the crowd can bet on it. And then they can also yell uh, at the people that are playing uh, <laughs> based upon what your bet is. Um, so that, like, that's my wife's favorite thing to do. Is like, so we'll bet we'll do a trifecta, which is you basically pick the top three teams. If the teams aren't doing well, my wife will just yell obscenities at these folks that are playing. Why do we go to what? When is highlight yeah. season? I, I, you know, I don't think it's in season right now. So, okay. but next time you guys are in town, we'll go to highlight. Gotta go to highlight. <laughs> but only, only if your wife comes. Yeah, that's that's, I want to go with Brendan. She's, she's so mean and she's so great. It's fantastic. So, uh, but yeah. So, long story short, the beer I'm drinking is based on the the lovely sport of, of highlight that we have here, and it's a delicious beer. So, okay, okay, good. Have had it. Uh, would I- love to drink it again. I'll ship you some up there, Anthony. Yeah. I'll send you up. Thanks. Jake? Uh, Anthony, no, oh. you go first. Okay. I've got a, uh, I've, everyone knows I'm in Philly. 
but I did grow up across the river on the Jersey side of things. So I've got a little flying fish. It's a little brewery just across the bridge. Got redfish India Pale Ale here. Kind of typical IPA, but it's good. Then we got another one, another of their IPAs, Hopfish IPA. Standard, local, so it's cheap. I don't even think you, you can get this like out your way because it's a brewery that's like the size of a small restaurant. Like it's just a, <laughs> a tiny one. I don't think they distribute anywhere. So I, I like Anthony's choices because they're always like no nonsense. And he's just like, I need cheap. a beer. And they're like, they're like, what do you like? And he's cheap, like, I like hoppy. beer. Yeah, and they're I'll like, take here's it. a beer. <laughs> it's my theory on like when you go to a place, if they have a menu item named after the name of the place, that's the one you get first because it's just like, Give me the baseline. Let me know what it's like. And then you can expand from there. And I feel like that with breweries. You go, you get the one that they would recommend, and then you expand from there. It's a good strategy. So hmm. what do you got? I don't have that strategy. So I um I tried a new brewery and I went for their like uh My goodness, this large is, it's one. enormous, Jake. <laughs> Jake's a large person and this is <laughs> I don't buy the regular size bottles because then you have to buy six and you can't get a good variety. So this is <laughs> this is um it's old Yale Brewing Company, which is in a, a little town called Chilliwack, um, which is like a far out too far to really be a suburb of Vancouver. It's like it's kind of up into the mountains a little bit. Um and this is their Sasquatch stout. So this is uh it's got a cool picture of a Sasquatch on it. You can That's see the most there. Canadian thing I've ever seen. A Sasquatch okay. stout. <laughs> a little bit. It's co- coffee, chocolate, and mystery on it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a fun little brewery. Um, and uh, I've been kind of on a little bit of a stout kick lately, so I decided to okay. give it a go. Oh, and we get the pour. We get the you pour. Get the pour. Like he always this. does this, so you can this see. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I would have put the camera up if I knew we were pouring stuff. <laughs> I, I usually do the, uh, like the, the bottle opening, too. But uh, hey, it is right in the mic. Yes, yeah. adds authenticity to the sound recording. Okay, yeah, good pour. This oh. is the most fun I've had on radio ever. Just to let you all know, turns out and all you got to do is not be on radio. Few in. Yeah, <laughs> we're only a few minutes in. It's fun stuff. I'm gonna let Jake uh, get us back on the topics here because I didn't do a good job the first time. Yeah. So uh, normally we would talk about like follow up on emails, and then but we don't have any follow ups. So I think we're going to just dive right in, right? Yeah. You want to just do it? I already did so, once. Yeah. We, <laughs> we can do it again. So we talked about Space Council and it's schmoozy. Um, I have, so I have something I want to kind of bring up. So what, what do you guys think actually came out of this? Like what is, what is a deliverable from this meeting? Because that, that seems to me to be like the, the one thing about this is that it was a lot of schmoozing and maybe that's the deliverable as Anthony yeah. says. But like, did we get anything out of it? What do you guys think? Do you do you want the uh, the cynical journalist's viewpoint of this? Yeah, definitely. That's exactly what we want. Nothing, <laughs> nothing came out of it. Um, yeah, it it, it it was. I my expectations were low, <laughs> and they didn't even meet those. It it it, it, it was. Yeah, uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I, I, I like, and and I'll I'll give you a little kind of like behind the scenes here. Like I had pitched this uh, to my editors, and I was like, 
yeah, I'm going to do a story on, on Space Council, like Space Council's coming. And so like for days, like we had on the rundowns, like, oh, okay, Brendan's going to take care of Space Council. And then like I watched the space. I'm like, I've got no story. <laughs> There's nothing here. Nothing came out of this. Um, and, and, and yeah, th- th- that's, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, nothing happened. I, I'm like, so the schmoozing part is one of my main theories it's like the schmoozing is the part that matters who's sweet talking who matters but there's Mm -hmm. also like i don't know they they always try to have this like defense segment on the public display version but you know like that was there's a lot more going on behind the scenes though you know Mm -hmm. that they're not talking about and they can't talk about because it's defense stuff yeah so So what do you guys think i mean the the i was reading all the coverage and you know most of the articles were like they said this, not much happened, a lot of this handshaking. But um, Lauren Grush at The Verge actually had kind of a, a deliverable out of it, which was about all this regulation stuff. And that came from, the regulation came from from the first meeting um, that they had um, in right outside of D.C. And and they were trying to get some deliverables deliverables on on regulation. And, and that's that's true. That, that's something that needs to happen is is. It, that needs to change if we're if if this country is going to put a focus on on private space they need to pull focus off of of all of these you know kind of crazy regulations that are out there and, and i think that that's starting to change that that's starting to happen uh but nothing new came out of this recent one you know that that, that happened at the last one nothing new came from this one i guess yeah i i so i mean i don't pay attention too much to the to the the licensing and, and all the kind of regulation stuff and so i have a hard time sorting out like what is what is kind of towing the line for the rest of the administration because they're going after every regulation in every industry and what is actually something that the space industry really requires like what what's a real problem and what's politics what do they, they want multi multi-use multi-vehicle kind of licensing right anthony you know more about this than i do it's interesting because recently we've started to see some licenses that are changing. So like SpaceX is currently flying out of 39A, I think it is. They have a license that's like mission to GTO out of 39A. That's it. And it's not for any particular date. It runs until a certain time. So they want that, but for a Falcon 9 flying from 39A and 40 and Vandenberg all under one license. So they can just file one generic paperwork. And then when they have one-off missions file something separately or whatever however that shakes out but like i don't know a lot of me feels like that a lot of times when you're talking about any given private company and they are very far away from doing their mission they bring up regulation as something that's holding them back so it's not as much of like oh actually we're not ready yet you know it feels a lot of times like they're throwing up a little bit of smoke screen of like we really need regulation it's like fine we could fix regulation now but if you don't fly until 2022 what does that do for you but then right. there's also cases like Moon Express and others who like right. need the clarity up front to make sure they can do the thing. And I think that's the, a the, special case to me. I think the biggest example of government regulation getting in the way is we're going to go back to Falcon Heavy and go back to the government shutdown. SpaceX did not understand or did not realize that a government shutdown was going to impact them like it was like it would like it did and it did and i think that that is the best example to point towards government regulation that 
it had nothing to do with any of their launch operations or or anything that they were doing, but just the sheer fact that the government shut down and the range civilian employees weren't there, um, they couldn't do their static fire test. And I think that that is the biggest thing for them. It, they, from my reporting and and from talking to those people and from getting berated by those people when I reported that there was going to be a delay. Um, <laughs> they did not expect that to happen, and it happened. Um, and, and I think that, that, that's, that that's the biggest kind of signpost as to regulation getting in the way of, of these private space companies. But isn't that kind of like, so when I read through the, the Verge list, there's like the four types of, of regulations that they're really going after, and that's not one of them, right? Like that's not something that's affected by these things they've outlined. It's not, but it's but it's also like reasons why SpaceX is looking for a true private spaceport. Um, that's why they're looking at places like Boca Chica. That, that's why they're they're trying to get away from. I mean, it's Kennedy Space Center. It's a government facility. Yeah. Um, and the only reason why they couldn't do their thing is because government employees couldn't work. Um, so so that's kind of the issue there. Uh, the other, it's not the, the regulation. other part though is that it's like indicative of the fact that space isn't seen as a critical enough item to be on the exclusion list for government shutdown Bingo. Bingo. which is another whole topic well. entirely yep. but like yep. i don't know if you're if you're starting like kennedy's thing right now or not kennedy but canaveral's thing right now 45th space wing is like drive to 48 is their new hashtag or something where they mm-hmm. want to get 48 launches a year you can't do that if you're not a critical or conversely that at that rate, right? When, where is the line between critical and not? How many launches a year do you need to be saying this is a critical service? Is it 48 or is it less than that? Are we already there or is it 100? Mm-hmm. Right, because airport, airports needs to come don't up. shut down, right? Yeah, yeah. it's totally... Or if, you know, it, if it was a national security payload, then they would have paid those civilians to be there and working the range. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, that's a very good point is, you know... But, I mean, if you're a company that's... I mean, how much? How many millions of dollars did SpaceX sink into Falcon Heavy? The fact that it was truncated by a silly government shutdown—you know—you you, get to see where the frustration is from them as well. So, hmm. okay. Jake's deep in thought over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the man. Canadian this, deep this in thought about American regulation. <laughs> I've learned more about the United States doing this project than I ever thought possible. Like I. Pretty soon, you're, they're just going to de facto have to just send me citizenship because like, <laughs> I, I just know too much. <laughs> you're just trying to get an easier ride into Kennedy is all you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. That's all, that's all what this is about. Just, I just want a green card, man. <laughs> okay. Um, you want to do a budget request then? Oh, that's another good one. Here, yeah. Give us your take as an outsider on what budget request is. What it means, what you think about it. Uh, well, yeah, it's super different from what we do up here, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, I mean, my understanding is this is, this, is the, this is the administration, so it's the White House. I think that would technically include NASA and, you know, the administrator, if you had one. Um, uh, Very setting, good point. Burn. <laughs> yeah, setting, setting what you want to happen, right? So, which is why I... I, I always find it interesting trying to sort out the reporting because I don't think a lot of people that report on the budget request even characterize that properly. Does that make sense? Like I, I read some some reporters. Oh, and I, like, I have words on that, Jake. So <laughs> I want to hear it. It's like, yeah, I've seen some, some like, you know, articles on this and it'd be like, 
the new NASA budget says this. So see you later, W first. And it's like, well, uh, it's just the request. Like Congress could slap that back in in a second. And then this, this article's wrong. Right. So I don't know that's, it's definitely wacky the whole way it works, but, uh, yeah. I'm waiting for Brendan's words. I don't know if he's willing to light journalist <laughs> friends on leave. fire at this point, but <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to light anybody. It, it, it's, it, it, it's exactly that. It's, it's, that is the president's budget request. The president's budget request normally does not go into effect. Um, we reported last year that the president wanted to cut the NASA education. Um, I don't know if he unplugged himself or something. He might have got fiery over there. I'm not sure what happened. We can't hear you, Brendan. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I think he ripped his microphone oh, out at the go. Office of Education. I can't believe he's going to cancel it. I Rip. think I'm back. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. Oh, sorry, the dog stepped on the cable here. <laughs> uh, but no, I, the last uh, presidential budget request, they tried to cancel the depart or the um, NASA's education department. That did not happen. We still have the education department. Um, they tried, tried to turn to off Discover. They tried to do, take yeah, yeah. away the orbiting carbon observatory. And, yeah. and the way that 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 funding happens is the the president delivers a request. The request goes to both houses of government, um, and you know you've got the House, the Senate. They come to two separate kind of budget requests. Then you go to this, uh, you know, joint committee, and then finally it comes out. So you know when that president budget request comes out. Miter's always like, oh, give me a story on this. And it's like, it's not going to be what it's going to be about. Uh, we, we haven't had a real budget in a year or two. Um, so it's, it's kind of difficult to even report on this stuff and see what happens. But, but with these requests, you, you kind of see where the administration has their priorities, where they want things to go, who's kind of pulling who, who's lobbying who. Uh, so that's really what the story is, is, is what the administration wants to do. Um, it's not, a, not really what's going to happen, but it, it's what the administration wants to happen. The one thing I'm wondering to tie these two stories together um, is how much of this, I don't even know if we'll be able to answer this really, but how much of the space direction in general is from the mind of Scott Pace and other friends on the National Space Council? If, you know, obviously we don't have an asset administrator, I'm still of the belief that that does not really matter that much in this era of, of NASA. But I'm wondering how much of the direction is decided upon based on an inner circle of space advisors that are just, you know, so many administration is like, here, go write up a space thing and bring it back when you're done. Do you think that's a likely possibility of of what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of have that same debate, Anthony, as to, you know, do we really need that leadership to be telling us what to do, or is that leader just someone who does the will of the administration? It's more on the policy experts, and I really haven't seen anything with this administration. I don't know, because um, we really haven't seen anything major change you know there hasn't been something that's come out and it's like oh well we know oh, they canceled sls so that's something that you know so and so in in this department said to do or uh moving forward on this particular thing they're really they're, it, we're really at a, a stalemate when it comes to everything regarding you know uh, the nasa as an agency um so it's really hard to kind of do that litmus test and find out where it's coming from but i, I think i'm with you i, I don't know if 
you know, the NASA administrator is really a, a nobody. They're they're just a puppet at this point. Um, and will things change when we when we get someone there? I don't think so. I, I can't imagine it being any other way because, like, especially without an administrator, like who who is heading up this budget uh, request, right? Like, you know, like tr- Trump's not writing the budget. Um, Pence is not writing the budget. So who would they put in charge of it? You think that, that Lightfoot is leading the charge and kind of coordinated it all, or is he more an advisor role and, and, you know, Pace and, and that crew are, are, are really setting the agenda. I think. I Shruggy know. emoji. I I'm don't know. speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm we've got a comment in the discord here. Yeah. What about Bridenstine? Is he done? Uh, I've heard some <laughs> things that Brendan might've heard some more things on down in Florida there. I don't know if you know I, what I'm uh, insinuating. Yeah, I, uh... I'll say I, I, it. I, you, you say it. So the, I'll, I, I'll I heard some little birdies that said that... Uh, so the TLDR on Bridenstine is that he currently does not have the votes. He's... This has been reported widely. This isn't the little birdie part, but... The vote right now would be 50-49. The one missing was John McCain, who's got cancer and is not in Congress right now. So if he were to come back and vote... 50-50, then Pence would come in and break the tie, Bridenstine would be in. Doesn't seem likely that if McCain did come back, he would vote for Bridenstine because Bridenstine politicked first McCain in the past and all this stuff. Um, but what I did hear was that the Florida contingent down there, Marco Rubio and Bill Nelson, are trying to get Bob Cabana in as administrator, who is right now the leader of Kennedy Space Center. That is what I've heard. I don't know. Brendan's tied into these politics directly, so he can no comment his way out of that or confirm or deny that, but uh, it's I, weird. I, I have um, Bob Cabana is coming to doing a, a, a live event with me in a few weeks, and that, that might be an interesting thing to talk about with him. Uh, from what I've heard is I, I think that Marco Rubio uh, so Rubio kind of he, he broke from party lines on this one um, and kind of went against um, Bridenstine, uh, and, and there's the tons of reasons why you can speculate why he did that. I mean, Bridenstine totally uh, campaigned against him, and uh, so it, when he was running for president, and you can maybe maybe it's a little ill will from the presidential campaign. Um, I think Marco Rubio is kind of seeing a lot of um, he's getting a lot of heat <laughs> recently down I would here. Say. Um, with with uh, the way that he's been portrayed after some of the uh, the school shootings that were down in South Florida, um, I, I could see that if it went to a vote, he might go back to party lines on that. Uh, the Bob Cabana stuff, I'm not. I, I haven't heard too much about that. I've always wondered why he wasn't up for it from the beginning. Um, he's uh, Bob Cabana is a, a really in the. In front of cameras, he's a he's a great guy. He's a good politician. He's done. He's turned around the 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 program down here in KSC, um, and uh, really turned KSC into a multi-user spaceport. That's that's his talking point. That he would be a very good um, he'd be a very good NASA administrator. Um, Just from like a pure yeah, figurehead perspective. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He would be a I, lot like Bolden, though, which would disappoint me. Yeah, he, he would be a lot like Bolden. Um, but uh, I don't know, I, I'm just a little bit closer to him since I've 
actually had a lot more contact with him than I had with Bolden or Bridenstine, and I think he'd be good for the job. But I, I think Rubio's gonna gonna shift position. So if it does go to a vote again to kind of confirm Bridenstine, then Bridenstine gets confirmed. But this administration has a lot more um i don't know issues to deal with um right now that they're probably not gonna bring that to a vote anytime soon um and and i i really i think i'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one anthony i think it's really hurting the administration it's really hurting nasa that they don't have a clear leader at this point um it's been a long time and uh i i think that a lot of the ambiguity of nasa is because there isn't a clear leader Okay. That's interesting. We just, that was like the most political segment we've ever done. I think (laughs) we had senators by name. We had school (laughs) shootings. We had, I didn't even, there's one more politicking piece that I was going to throw in is that throw it it in there. Yeah. Let's hear it. Rubio is interesting not to get too much on your Florida ground, but Rubio was done. Like he wanted to be done politics after he didn't get the presidential. um, That's what he said. But he was out. He was out. He only came back because his seat was up at risk. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Maybe not. But it, 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 I'm just wondering. We, the only reason I said that is that here. if he is done, then he might give less of a shit about party line stuff. I don't think he would ever not give <laughs> give that about party line stuff. I mean, he he's such an interesting character. Like like covering covering Marco Rubio is he's such an interesting character. And when he said, you know, I'm going to run for president and. I'm never going to run for anything else. All of us down here were like, BS. We'll, we'll, we'll see you again. Like, that's not true at all. He, he's, he's, and I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, but I mean, he's, he's a true politician. And, you know, we have to hold him to everything that he says. And I mean, much like all of the politicians that are down here, um, you know, we never take them at their word. And it's always interesting. And if you don't live in Florida, you totally should because it's just a soap opera every day. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. So we talked about how the budget request is less of a actual budget, more of a statement about intent, right? So is there anything in the actual request that either of you found surprising or particularly interesting? The only thing yes. that is in there is the, that is worth discussion to me is the W first stuff. And my TLDR is like, they're really effing up James Webb right now. So it's not surprising that there's not a lot of support for another big that, Mm -hmm. you know, space telescope that would go way over budget and take way longer uh, than they Mm -hmm. say, because that's always been the way of things. Even Hubble did it. Hubble just had serviceability, um, which could lead to some drama with James Webb that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised about the W first thing. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm I'm also I'm I'm not surprised at all by the fact that you've had these National Space Council meetings and you've had all of these, you know, political decrees that we're going to put humans back on on the moon. We're going to walk on the moon again. We're going to have the Deep Space Gateway, which I just got used to saying and they changed the <laughs> the damn name of it. Uh we're going to do all this stuff and then literally not a single line item in this budget addresses that um so yeah but you got 116 million for lunar lander concept technology demonstrations that's nothing 160 <laughs> million is nothing jake come on i think we should come direct on. all of that towards ula and Mastin, and they should build zeus for once and for all before centaur 
goes the way of the dodo and we can actually have a legit lander for that's probably more than enough that they would need to turn that thing from where it is now into an actual lander but blue origin will have something to say about that <laughs> yeah yeah anthony no. for prez that's what I'm saying. <laughs> That that no nonsense trademark right there. <laughs> yeah, the the W first thing. <laughs> the tough part about that is just like, it's one of those things that you, you can't really catch a break because the the nature of that business of being like bleeding edge, uh, you know, deep space dark matter astrophysics. Like nobody knows how much that costs. Like every time you try and set a a, a budget for that project, you will get it wrong every every single time, and it happened with Hubble and it happened with James Webb. It happened with WFIRST. It'll happen for the next one after that and the one after that. It's just how it is, right? It's 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 not it's not run-of-the-mill stuff. So like it's kind of I think maybe the the mistake is is doing James Webb and WFIRST development at the same time. Maybe that's you know Well, it wasn't like, supposed to be that way. <laughs> James <laughs> yeah, Webb was supposed to be up there what? How many years ago at this point? Yeah, I don't know. But still it's ninety eight. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean that's that's the only thing. So like W first from a science perspective is like a really valuable mission. And I, I should preface that I don't actually know anything about astrophysics, but I trust that that the the big team behind the decadal survey would would not put that as a number one priority if if it didn't have some kind of value. Uh and it's cheaper than James Webb, that's for sure. But yeah. It's tough, man. It's it's a tough call. You really stopped us in our tracks there. Yeah, that's what happens when you land a, a mic drop point. <laughs> so the, here's the one other thing that I'm... The ISS thing is the other monster story there. Um, oh, dear. I, I, I can pull, pull up, up the hot beer. drama alarm if you want me to. But yeah, I got I to right, pull up. I'll crack another beer for this yeah, one. Uh, hot drama. There it is, the hot drama alarm. Oh. As Jake pours I another beer. I regret making that. So I went on a whole rant multiple is there, is times. Is there a way that I can make that happen for my end? I can't make that happen for you my just end. Let me know I... and I can hit it again <laughs> whenever you need it. <laughs> so I went on rants about commercial space stations and stuff like that and about how like the ISS skews the market and you can't really figure out a commercial segment. But I've got another annoyance that I think um, Brendan could help us through here because of it's Florida again. It's always Florida. It's either Florida or Alabama these days. But I feel like the Floridians in general, at this point, are the, are the leading state in seeing the rise of commercial space as a viable mm -hmm. engine of the industry. Whereas, you know, Houston at this point, they've got a lot of space companies there, but they are, you know, based on the JSC programs that are up and running. So they're obviously going to defend those programs with all they've got but the iss program when you see it in comparison with the rise of commercial space you know thanks to space florida and the like who are developing the area at what point are we going to hit that turning point where like you know the allegiances flip and the policy politicians at large you know maybe it's the next politicians that are in bed closer with blue origin mm -hmm. and OneWebs and everyone that sprouts up down there but like if you're looking from launch perspective Way more launches happen a year that are not ISS than are ISS from Florida today. There's, you know, Blue Origin, OneWeb, there's all these factories popping up down there. SpaceX might have another factory down there soon. There's so much other stuff happening there 
that Florida to me feels like the closest to that tipping point. And I'm wondering if you're picking up any signs of things starting to change a little bit in the That's even a local. Great politics. question. Yeah, I, maybe not like the U.S. Senate, but is some of the state politicking that's happening there with Space Florida what? and the like, is that starting to switch? I, I think so. The interesting thing is that you're right. I mean, Florida is booming when it comes to commercial space flight. And when you talk to any of the academics here or people that work at universities, it's the greatest thing in the world because they can now get their CubeSats, they can get their experiments on suborbital flights. Um, so so inexpensive and so quickly. Like the, the fact that they can turn it around so quickly it, it is really the big thing. Um, and and so I think that's what really the commercial space flight is doing down here for us. Um, so uh, just for an example, uh, our university, UCF, University of Central Florida, is really close. I happen to be an alumnus, so I might be a little bit biased. Um, they're building their own satellite, um, and they're going to send it up on either uh, New Glenn or SpaceX um, Falcon 9 in the future. They're building tracking stations down here, um, and they're going to do some really awesome science about planetary formation and stuff like that um, on this little tiny CubeSat. Um, when you think about the ISS and, and, and science that's done there, so right before the space shuttle program was retired, Space Florida built their whole, uh, this giant building right next to the Lou Origin facility. You guys probably saw it when you were down here. Um, and I took a tour of it the other day, and so they have all of these was basically built as a facility to prep experiments to go up on the space shuttle and they built it and then they canceled the space shuttle so there's this giant facility which has like this amazing laboratories and you know cryogenics and all this stuff but they have no use for it right now um so florida and space florida is really hoping that we continue our partnership with the international space station Everybody else around here, they're kind of moving away from that and saying, oh, experiments don't have to happen in orbit. You know, they can happen or, or on orbital space stations. They can happen in orbit. They can happen on CubeSats. With that. So you, you got this kind of uh, this fight between old school and new school kind of stuff. And, and it's interesting to see. And uh, I'm not sure who's going to win <laughs> or what's going to happen from it. So, so I, I have a couple of thoughts about that because I, I – I, well, first of all, like I was really confused about how um, Senator Nelson like came out hard when he when he heard that that the ISS might be decommissioned in 2025. Mm -hmm. Right? I think his quotes like this is like the dumbest idea. It makes no sense. Uh, like <laughs> he characterized it as pushing the frontiers of exploration, which I thought was a little rich. But um, you know, he came out hard of it, and I was like, okay, well, does and just like you said, Anthony, does does Florida's stake in the space program really depend that much on iss like it's just cargo resupply right now and eventually you're going to get crew which is important from a from a what, what you know an image perspective right but it's just not that many launches and the other so thing I'm, to consider I'm, though is that if iss goes away i don't know my neighbor is running some pipes or something right now and you could probably hear water fall noises in the background here. <laughs> but if iss were to go away the thing that would ramp up per the budget request is sls deep space gateway all the things that are in florida like, it's not like they're losing a program that is in Florida for a program that is not in Florida. Yeah, and like all the commercial uh, LEO development that's in this budget request, right? That's that, that's all money that's eventually 
going to go to launch launch stuff, right? So that's one thing that confuses me. And then, so the other thing was, you know, uh, Brendan, you called out this whole research side of it. And I think everybody knows that I'm the, you know, I'm, I've got a science bias. So I, I'm super pro that. And I used to be like the biggest supporter of ISS from a science perspective for a long time. Uh, but when it, I started to dig into it a little more, you know, like it, it's a national lab and it, and it has that, um, there's this organization called CASIS, which kind of mm-hmm. facilitates the access to, to the station for all these universities and, and commercial companies and stuff. That, that funding is minuscule. Like it's something like uh, over the last five, six years, it was like $30 million. Like it's yeah, nothing. It's nothing at all. Yeah. And, and when you read in deeper, the worst part about it is that uh, they have a limit on up and down mass. So there's more demand than cases can actually handle. So ISS is not suitable for that. And then even once you get it on station, they're only utilizing crew time to like 75%. So like, it's not a good system for that. Like, I, I don't know, like to me, if if you, like if, even if you're a Florida Senator, if you followed the commercial route better and we had seven years to get something up for ISS, you could have Bigelow up there. You could have Axiom up there. You could have more than one commercial partner up there. You could just move cases over there double the funding and still save money, you'd have more science up there than you would with ISS. So when I started learning about that, I really started to be like, why is this, why is this supported in the way that it is? Right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I, I totally, that's my rant. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally with you on that, on that last point there, Jake. And, and it, it really is. I mean, and, and a lot of, a lot of scientists don't want to move stuff that way because it's all on the public domain. Right. So when they do, public research up there or when they do the research up there it's public immediately um and, and so if you're kind of trying to do some cutting edge medical research that might be connected to the pharmaceutical industry you don't really want to do that um going back to your first point about nelson he's up against um he's up for for re-election and this is going to be a very contentious re-election and it's going to be very, very close. The polling right now is close, and it shouldn't be that close this early uh, for a sitting senator against someone who hasn't actually committed to running. Um, so he's going to say whatever he possibly can to kind of make this work. And and so s- some of his comments are a little dramatic when it comes to space exploration, especially the International Space Station. Um, so I don't really take what he says as what's actually going to be policy and act. He, he is in full campaign mode at this time. And that's the problem though. This shouldn't, this sh- like, this should not be political, right? This is, this is science. This is to make humanity better. Um, and we're having these conversations about budget and campaigns. Um, and, and, and it shouldn't be like this, right? It, it, it it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating, but, um, but I, I totally agree with you, Jake. I think that, privatization of of uh space science is going to really change the way that we do business in space and really change the way that we do science but you don't even have to like completely privatize it i mean imagine like a a iss version of the cots program where you know nasa funds two maybe three companies to run a lab for them so you still keep it as a nasa lab it's just contracted out through you know it's like lab as a service you know and then 
you'd have you could have all of them up there. You could maintain space. You could still have them designated as national labs. You could still have cases supply all the stuff. Those companies could also take the private customers on the side. You'd have both systems working on the same hardware, and it would leave it in a situation where if NASA needed to pull out, it would have that flexibility because you're also creating a market on the side, right? Mm-hmm. That's to me, I, I it's it's frustrating. I guess is that that is such a to me, I, and, and Jake I know for some, president. <laughs> sometimes these decisions, like they, they don't make sense for one side, and that's why you get fought. But to me, this makes sense for every side. Like I don't see who loses in that situation, other than maybe Boeing loses their contract because they they can't operate the okay. the ISS anymore. Yeah, I love our new show where we bring on somebody and just grill them on local politics. <laughs> a great segment. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're gonna never come back again. Yeah. <laughs> we could need someone in Alabama. Who do we know in Alabama with, for the next I month? I got a good relationship with Nelson. <laughs> Have you ever heard that when he was on the mobile launch tower, when he was getting on the shuttle, he looked out and he saw his grandparents' homestead out there on what is now part of <laughs> the Space I know Space what Center. you're doing. I know what you're doing, Anthony. You're fishing for it. It's I not going I, I mentioned it in the last show. I mentioned it. <laughs> You'll have, to, you'll have to come. Oh, we should have plugged this up front, Jake, but we're doing a meetup in Philadelphia and J- and we're going to fly Brendan up for his Senator Nelson impression alone and that's it. We, we were watching we were watching coverage of um, of of something and, and uh, Bill Nelson came on TV and my wife looked at me and she goes, I've never heard him speak before. You actually sound just like him. <laughs> so she's she's heard me do the Nelson impression for years, but she's actually never heard him. So. <laughs> and then she was like, "Put the highlight back on." We didn't. We didn't see who won. <laughs> oh, my team's losing. You <laughs> bastards! Are we out of politics topics, and should we uh, move into picks? Yeah, I think so. I think I've I've spewed enough ISS rant. And I that's that's what like as I got. I will be I will be right back. I will sneak away for two I'm not, minutes. I'm not worried right about back. it. Go get another yeah. beer or something or Thank whatever. You, <laughs> you think he's going to chase his dog away from the? Audio hardware again? Could be. His dogs are a little rambunctious. Let me see. We didn't get an email, so. We got no email. We did get some topics in the Discord to talk about, and I'm thinking maybe we just do off-nominal bonus content of just like a call-in show, almost. Oh. That'd be cool. So while Brendan's away, let's plug this. We didn't plug it up front. We should have plugged it up front. Jake is going to be in Philadelphia. Towards the end of March, we're going to be doing an off-nominal meetup in Philadelphia. Uh, it is at Yards Brewery. There's a beautiful mm-hmm. new brewery down there uh, in Center City here, Philadelphia. We're going to go hang out. There's some details uh, at events.offnominal.space. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you are remotely close to Philadelphia, you should come hang out, have a drink. We've got a couple of us that are going to be there hanging out. Super informal hangout, but at least we can all be nerds together. We'll we'll do like a a quick round the robin and try every beer that Yards has, and so okay, that's however, gonna get carried however away. Long, however long that takes, that quickly I turned into is... a power hour that we're gonna do. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are driving in for this, Jake. So, uh, so should we put oh, some links yeah. in the show notes for like hotels nearby? Then, or? yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be in Philadelphia because you're gonna be in the U.S. because you're going to be. Yes, uh, so I'll be attending uh, Lunar and Planetary Science Conference again, and I, I just realized that today it's in exactly two weeks that I leave, which is very scary for me because I 
I think I packed my trips a little too close together this uh, this year. So I was like just kind of finishing up, like feeling good about everything's done for Falcon Heavy. And then it's like, hey, you have to fly in 14 days. So I better get started on that. But either way, it'll be fun. So I, I don't know if there are any listeners in the Houston area. I don't, I don't know what we got for that. But um, I'm thinking about also setting something up uh, for Houston. So keep an eye on that events.opnominal.space because I'll stick it up there if I get it. I just got to figure out the schedule because uh, these conferences are like insane scheduling. They they pack it 13 hour days doubled up. Like there's, you could do two different schedules. You could have two different conferences. There's so much uh, stuff happening on there. So I got to figure that out and find out what day is best, but uh, I'm thinking about it. So if, if you're from Houston and you're like, Hey, I would really like to uh, go to the, uh, uh, meet up with Jake. Um, Send us an email at uh, what's what's our off nominal one? Hello at literally anything at off nominal dot space will do it, but hello is the one we tell people. <laughs> okay, hello at off nominal. If you want to get creative, send it to like something hilarious at off nominal dot space, and we'll still get it. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, yeah, send that in, and thing. then um, you're gonna get some weird emails. Yes, we are, Kurt. Thank you for that. Uh, Brendan's back. I Brendan. am. Yeah, sorry about that. He's reloaded. That's no, we're good. We plugged all of our house ads while you were away. Oh, okay, perfect. Our underwriting, yeah. as you might say. Yes, we, we don't have commercials public in public radio. radio. Joke. We have underwriters. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so we briefly told Brendan about picks. I don't know if he has a space pick. But... I do. I oh, do. Sweet. I actually, I have a few. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what counts as space picks. So I, anything, like, I literally just, anything. I just grabbed a bunch of them. So, uh, I wish I had a, a, my video camera going because I end up getting an advanced copy of Chasing New Horizons inside the epic first mission to Pluto, which was written by um, Alan Stern and David Greenspoon. Um, I really don't read much, um, so I've been skimming through this, and there's no pictures. But <laughs> um, I actually this this one kind of hooked me a bit. Uh, it's an incredible book about like how the new horizon mission came to be and like, like day to day normal stuff <laughs> and how dramatic it was. Um, like it goes back to like, like stuff that happened in like 2002 and 2003. And like, it's really an incredible like look at how that mission came to be and just the emotion behind it. So um, it comes out in May. Um, I'm going to try to read it early, um, and then I'm I, I'm going to interview um, Dr. Stern again. I interviewed him before New Horizon left, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that was my pick, is uh, this book that came across my desk. Uh, I also had another pick, and I can't remember what it was, but uh, I think you guys like this one. So. Yeah, that one is, that's right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to read that. And that's it's funny, because you say all the way back to 2002, but that's not even like anywhere near the start of the pluto idea right yeah it it started way before that but i i think that this like this kind of kicks it off around then but uh yeah i I love like the human aspect of of like these missions and stuff like that i i get to get to hang out with with these spacecraft a lot you know and i mean just recently i went to go see tess that's about to, you know, launch in April on a on a Falcon Nine, and like talking to the principal investigators, I'm like, do you have any like jitters? Do you have like any pre flight jitters? And like, oh yeah, of course I do. Like, and like you get such a great radio when you talk to them about that. Like, are you nervous? Um, 
like I love the human aspect of these planetary missions because there's 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 a group of like really incredibly smart and awesome people behind these things and and I think we should highlight that a little more. So I'm glad this book came out. It'll be fun. Not only are they smart and amazing, they've spent like an entire career. Decades, yeah. yeah decades that's why it's doing unbelievable this. when you think about like just how long lived some of these missions are. Yeah. One of my one of my, my favorite sources to go to, he's uh the assistant dean of physics at UCF. Um and I he worked on Cassini and uh so I'm like, hey, can I, you know, interview you about the end of Cassini? And he's like, Yeah, Cassini was my first job out of my, you know, when I got my doctorate and back in nineteen eighty nine or whatever it was. And so like this this guy's been working on Cassini for like decades. And so we talked about the end of Cassini. And it it you know, it's it's incredible that, that people spend all this time like studying these things and i love the human aspect of things so so that that's my pick sorry you'd like the book um uh by adam stelsner on on curiosity as well same kind of thing it's all about his like personal journey through the spacecraft development oh that would be really good Yeah. yeah it's it's like more of like a leadership book and like how to be successful than it is like a here's how the spacecraft works you know so well apparently emily lactawala just published a book about uh everything you need to know about what happens on curiosity too so you can read them in tandem together right <laughs> yeah that one i expect to be more like a user guide to the yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, if but, you find uh, yourself uh <laughs> yeah running yeah, somebody good. that yeah, happens upon the rover in like a hundred years on mars will be like oh yes i understand how to drive this thing now like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have like a hard copy on my desk, and like every time I like see a like an article or a picture, I'm gonna like open Just it up. Like, what flip. does that part do? Like, oh, okay. oh, perfect. There you go. So I, I'm her detail is like microscopic, so yeah. it's gonna be. I'm expecting it to be like 900 pages, and no, it's gonna be yeah. huge. So I don't have the Curiosity book, but I do have a Mars book, Jake. Oh, let's hear it. I don't want to trample on your territory too much. Uh. So this is an old one I picked up. If you've ever been to Portland, Oregon, there's this old bookstore. Uh, I forget what it's called. Pals, I think. Pals Books. And it's like yeah. super weird looking. And I was in there. I was out there for a conference like a couple years back. And I went in there and I found this book that is car- called Mars, the NASA missions or something. NASA mission reports. And this goes from like Mariner to Polar Lander, I think. This is like the first edition. But it's, I'm showing this on the webcam. It's like the mission reports of like they've gathered the press kits they've sent out for like Viking and Those all. Those are some sweet graphics. Right? Like look at that old wow. school Viking Holy logo. Holy crap! So look at the old school NASA logo down there. Yeah, the worm. There's the worm. Yeah. And there's like you know diagrams of how stuff sat in the Delta II and all this. But it is, it is like a collation of all of the media that went out around the launch and around all the operations at Mars that they've just like got and reprinted. Um, but you see like diagrams of like, here's the parking orbit we got into at Mars and then here's the science orbit. And it's like all this crazy detail. Let me find one of the ones that's like, Oh my God, I want this book so bad. <laughs> I think it's you pretty cheap online. Spent, did you, did you, you know find how much the time listing? I've spent like looking up old press kits and like trying to like, print stuff off oh my god it's got like trajectories and look at that schematics of everything it's it's awesome so for for mars nerds 
Uh, it's pretty cool. I think there's two Jake, volumes. Jake, you look so upset. Yeah, you right? look so upset you don't have this book. Oh so I think God. there's two volumes, Jake. If you're looking online, you seem to be like poking around trying to buy them. There's this one that goes to Polar Lander, and I think there's another one now that goes the rest of the way, or at least till like Opportunity and Spirit. Um, but it's all, and it even comes with, because it's an old book, it comes with a CD in the back cover. <laughs> I don't even know if I can put that in anything at this point. I happen to have an optical drive on my I'll, Windows I'll mail computer. you this CD so you could find out what's on <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> if it's just the PDF of the book, I'm going to be upset. It probably is. And also, and also really, really happy about it. Too. Minimum requirements, <laughs> Windows 95. Ooh. So you so should be you okay. <laughs> you should be all right there, Jake. <laughs> There's a point where minimum requirements become maximum requirements. <laughs> okay, cool. That's, uh, that's awesome. So I have a pick. And in the tradition of me selecting my pick at the very last minute, um, I, I'm stealing this from the Planetary Radio episode that just came out uh, this week. And I listened to it this morning on my hike. And uh, so this is a kind of an art project, um, which is pretty cool. So basically, this group got together. Um, it, it's a weird origin. It's, it's a data transfer company called WeTransfer. And they kicked off this idea for some reason and they paired up with like a studio and they got all these artists together and they're celebrating the Voyager mission. So it's kind of a Voyager 40 uh, celebration. And they wanted to do this installation and they decided that to reach more people and to go further, they made like an online exhibit. So you go to this website, it's a message from Earth, uh, a message from dot Earth is the website. And uh, you can go to it and it, like it's this whole experience where you go through and they do pictures and they do audio and they do um, uh, video and they do like uh, some poetry and, and words and stuff like that. And it's like all this kind of exploration of some of the, the themes and the topics of, of Voyager. So it's pretty cool because it's kind of like a mix of, of art and some of the science they did. Um, and so what really sold it for me is that they, they hired the, uh, the musical group um, called Survive. I think it's called Survive. Yeah. And it's the it's the group that did the the soundtrack for Stranger Things. So if you know that that theme song, uh it, that's what it's all about, right? And they um what they did is they well first they took a look a little bit at like sounds of of stars. So they they converted like light waves into audio files so you could hear what a star looks like. And then they made this whole sound palette with all the different things and you can play with it and make your own music with it. So it's 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 really quite cool. So I'm going to play I, I opened the palette on my phone here. I'm going to play a little bit about what it kind of sounds like. But you basically just like using these tools, you can um, kind of add sounds. Let's see if you can hear this here. can't make any sense of this so basically these are sounds from stars and then you make a palette and you can make your own song it's really cool this reminds me of that one thing where they on the lunar reconnaissance orbiter did you ever see that 
where they reconstructed uh, it. A micrometeoroid hit yeah. uh, LRO, and it like while it was taking an image, and it like made this weird vibration pattern in the image, and they turned that into sound, so you can hear it like boom right off of it. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, it's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I always yeah, love those of... projects. It's like turn weird space thing into sounds. Yeah, well, the story is really cool because it's um, they got this astronomer who's blind, and she. So she has to do this for all of her, her data. She takes all this data in and she converts it to sound so she can listen to her data. And it's like, it's the most surreal thing. And so they, they got her to kind of teach her how to do it. And then they, they have some sound files for like, um, like a, a gamma ray burst and a, um, like a pulsar and stuff like that. And you can hear all these different, different sounds that are, that are looking at stars, right? That's the, the thing that, that really blows my mind is I, I interviewed... Nicole Stott um, last week. She's she's an astronaut. She's the the artist astronaut. And um, I was talking to her about like steam. Like, why do we add the you know the arts to steam? Why is it so important? And she's like, you know, everything that we see from space is like it's false, like art. You know, she's like all the Hubble stuff. We've created false colors so you could see how beautiful it is, and you know. All of these, like you have to, you have to make things look good and sound good so that people can connect with space. And so, like hearing something like that, kind of, that's to her point there. Like, yeah, this is what stars sound like. Might not be what stars are like, but it's what stars sound like. So we can make that connection to them, and and we can really figure out what, why it's so important. And I, I just think it's it's so interesting when people take, you know, music and art and stuff like that and try to make the cosmos more accessible i just think it's cool I, it's also cool because you always see like a telescope in a different wavelength and it's like here's what it looks like in x-ray and you sort of understand like oh if i had eyes that read x-rays that would be what yeah. i see but huh. it's cool to like because we have two weird senses of sight and sound like you can kind of make sense of like oh this is a way that this thing transmits to yeah. me in a different yeah. medium so i do mm -hmm. like that there's that kind of connection there and that was yeah. my other pick if i couldn't find this this book i had was i recently put a call out on twitter i'm like how do you guys like process images i love to process raw images how do you guys do this i'd, I'd love to be a part of this and i was pointed towards emily lakdawalla's um planetary uh org online course to show you how to process raw data and it was the coolest thing in the world. Like I had like all this data from Jupiter and I turned into this amazing picture. It was awesome. And like, like that's something so cool. Like you're taking science data and you're turning it into something you can see and you can feel and you can hear. And it's so cool. I, I, that's, I love it. I, I love it. I love your pick, Jake. I love your pick. Jake. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> well, we'll put it in the thing and then, uh, uh, you can, you can record on this, this palette. So uh, another thing, listeners, if you record something fun, send it to us. We'll yeah. listen to it. That'd be really fun. Send it to us at something fun at off nominal dot space. <laughs> yeah. Weird space sounds at off nominal dot space. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, I think that's all the topics we got. Brendan, can you tell us about what you're doing lately? Tell, give us like, oh, tell the listeners about Story Musgrave, your most recent episode of the podcast. <laughs> Man, he, he's an interesting fella, isn't he? Um, I had a great time listening to it. <laughs> I turned that episode on and you were like, hey, story. And then he was just like, oh, boom. 
boom. Well, like, I worked on a farm when I was seven. If you didn't work on a farm, you could never go to space. You should have heard what I what what we did before I started recording. He's like, is this is this live or pre-taped? I was like, it's pre-taped story. He's like, I just want to need to know if I want to say the F word or not. It's like, please don't say the F word. Um, he he's an interesting he's an interesting fella. He's um he's gonna be speaking at the Winter Park Institute, um, which is yeah. Yeah, so you know it's it's Rollins College puts it on Anthony. Uh, they have a, a speaker series there, and um, they the last time they asked me to to come and introduce somebody was George Takei. I guess they thought I was a Trekkie. Oh my, I'm not a Trekkie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it, it was it was really fun. He he's an interesting fella. I mean, I love Hubble, and like I think Hubble's the coolest thing in the world. And my backdrop is the Pillars of Creation, and um, so I'm I'm so happy that you know he fixed it <laughs> so that we could see stuff like that. Um, but he's he's going to be doing a, a great conversation about. Uh, how he went from being a farm boy to a rocket man. He worked and... on a farm? <laughs> he worked on a farm. <laughs> no, I, seriously. And apparently, what else was he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you guys would give me, give me crap for this no, interview. No, seriously, <laughs> he sounds like he needs to be our next off-nominal guest. Yeah. If he if I, the first thing he asked was if I can drop the F bomb, he needs to be the next off nominal. He'd, he'd be more than happy to. He'd be more than happy to. And he kept calling me sir. And I was like, dude, you've done way more than yeah, I've you've ever got, like, done my entire PhDs, life. You've flown yeah. every space shuttle yeah. ever. Stop calling me sir. And uh yeah, he he's he's an interesting fella. Um I'm I'm I'll be really interested to meet him. So we're we're having dinner before the um the event so but like my like my big boss is going to be there my, my general manager is going to be there <laughs> wow. and uh my wife will be there and then he he'll be there so we'll see how it it it, it could go great or it could go absolutely Just steer the fucking steer terrible. the conversation <laughs> steer the conversation towards you your wife and story going to a high lie game yeah right yeah. <laughs> I Just think steer he'll get it towards that. that. You ever been to High Lie? Like that'd be great. He's he's been he's been in Florida for quite some time now. So he's got he's got a farm down in Kissimmee. Um, oh, so he's been to so, High Lie. Yeah, so he, he's probably yeah. been to High Lie. So so that was really good. Um, and and this is something you guys might be interested in. This is the first time I'm actually talking about this publicly, and I I feel like this is right to talk about it on your podcast here. Um, but I'm writing a book, um, about the history. Of pooping in space and yes. how? Oh my god! This is the how, greatest day of my life. <laughs> and how how solving the issue of human waste in space is going to basically fix everything about humanity. So this is amazing. This is the greatest <laughs> news I've heard all day. So, oh, oh right. month, I have, year? I, have, I don't know. I haven't, made, I, haven't, I haven't made a public yet. So you guys are the the first people I'm talking to about. It, it'll it, it's roughly called boldly or to boldly go. <laughs> God, I love every detail of this. I, I don't think I can handle that. No, yeah, that'll be the last pick we ever do on off nominal. After that, we're ending picks. <laughs> I know Frank Borman tried to hold it for two weeks. I, that's that's the first chapter of my book is yes. is all about Apollo. There's there was so much stuff about Apollo poop that was fantastic, Chase. 
Um, Apollo. What poop was the will, one will, when the poop got out? Like it didn't make it into the receptacle, and there was will, was I'll it like John Young was like, "Oh, we got a turd floating through the air here." It's, yeah, <laughs> it was John Young and Crippen. I, it, that's the chapter of the first book. So, yep, Apollo Ten Chase. That's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh. That's chapter one. Is the uh, this is great news? The drama of a floating poop. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're like, like seriously, like like learning how to deal with our our feces and reclaiming urine can really do a lot to help us down here on Earth. So I, I think it's a, an important topic, and everyone gives me uh, shit about it. No pun intended. Oh. <laughs> but I'm going to just play the outro music. <laughs> 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 That's great news. I'm so excited for that. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Hopefully you guys will blurb it for me. So <laughs> I'm working hey, on it we're, already. We're giving away copies on the, uh, on the show. That's right. Yeah, we'll do a contest for that. <laughs> send that to poop at offnominal.space so if there's any publishers out there that are listening uh, <laughs> I, can, I can send you a pitch but right now I'm just going to write the manuscript so. that's awesome love it that's great um, alright where, Brennan where can they find you uh, so uh, you can download the are we there yet podcast at wmfe.org slash are we there yet anywhere you download your podcast uh, we're on NPR one uh, I'm also on twitter at space Brendan Awesome. Great. Jake, you got any Brennan, plugs? Thank- no, I just I want to just say that you should definitely check out Brennan's podcast because it is great. Uh, it's a, a very broad amount of topics, which is so refreshing because it's like you can bounce to all these different things. You know, you have the Florida bent, but that means that you get to see a lot of different stuff. So uh, being able to go from uh, like Mars tech to astronauts to like space Florida stuff to um, rockets to like just plain old science is, is really cool that you get to kind of do all these different things so i i love it i love this episode and uh if you're not already listening listeners this needs to be in your queue are we there yet oh thank you jake Agreed. that means a lot that means a lot do it find him there yeah and thank thanks you, for Andrew. coming on brendan we really appreciate it anytime i am more than happy to join you guys this was so much fun you guys are fantastic and you guys are my weekly listens too as well so you're on my podcast cues and pretty much all my all my stories that i do for work probably come from <laughs> tweets that you guys did i'm like oh crap i should probably be covering this <laughs> thanks guys that means i need i need i'm spending too much time on twitter is what that means <laughs> you're doing really good at your job yeah <laughs> not enough time on twitter jake <laughs> all right everybody okay. close it out godspeed one, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one, end of test.